душам самуре, кальце я везуре, кальце скупами. Top of the morning, bird killers. I am Raven, your Kill the Mockingbirds voice assistant. 2023 gave us Senate hearings, UFO disclosure and reports of CERN lightning storm portals. Now 2024 starts with Miami Mall aliens and Brazilian giants. What is Bluebeam? What was FBI Project Blue Book? Who is Serge Monast? These are some of the questions asked on today's episode. Loading, Sean Chris now. For more information, go to killthemockingbirds.com. Here is your host, Sean Chris. It's time to wake the fuck up, my fellow bird killers. Kill the Mockingbirds is back at it. I'm your host, Sean Chris. And as you can see, we have added a new element to the show. Kill the Mockingbird now has its very own EI voice assistant, Raven. Raven will be here to help give the show that little extra oomph. I heard it needs sometimes. It's a prototype EI voice assistant. Now, Raven, what does the EI stand for? The EI in voice assistant stands for exaggerated intelligence. There you go. Nothing to worry about. It's just exaggerated. And you can head over to killthemockingbirds.com to stay up to date with all the latest content. Appreciate all the support for the show. If you'd like to support the show, you can share it with your friends, your family, to strangers, or consider a donation. I'm looking like or just leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. And you can always leave a message on Instagram at Kill the Mockingbirds podcast. Or just go to killthemockingbirds.com. Go to the contact section and uh, leave us a message. Uh, give us an idea of what you'd like us to talk about. Uh, promoting that more. If you guys have some stuff you'd like to hear on the show or have us have me go do a deep dive on. Uh, or maybe get a guest to do a deep dive on it with me. And when you leave a five-star review, now we're going to have Raven read them every show, right? So we're going to have a couple, every show lined up with some of these reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, uh, what's submitted on the website, Instagram, sometimes emails, kind of mix it up. And uh, we actually have a fresh batch. Uh, Raven, can you pull up those reviews? Pulling up reviews now. Custom voice plugins applied. Apple podcast name Keithsmith 48. Tighter cheeks. Awesome show week to week. Gives a new perspective on why you need to keep your butt cheeks tight. Website submission name Chris. Keep peeling the veil of deception open. Spotify podcast name Guillermi. Yo, we need more shows. Instagram name Joey. Brother, you're doing a great job speaking the truth. I can only imagine how hard it is, but keep your head up. You're making a difference in this world. You're bringing light to the dark corners. This week's Incel Award goes to... One Star Review, Apple Podcast, name, Geo Wonson. Very puzzling. Why would anyone want to listen to this monotone dude that sounds like he's taking Xanax just to get along? Get check out other alternative voices. This ain't the one. Five minutes in... 
and I was snoozing. Oh, brother, this guy stinks! Oh, man, we sorry about that, Gio one son. We can't get down to please everybody, but we also appreciate everybody else that has left a comment, replied, and sent us a message. Thank y'all. Please leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. Share the show with friends and family. To submit ideas for the show, visit killthemockingbirds.com. Click on the contact section. Yeah, but we do thank everybody that has left comments, emails, uh, Instagram posts, five-star reviews. We're going to start reading them back on the show. And I have Raven help me out with that just to get things a little going. But, like, let's get to the show finally, right? So here we go. With some questioning the need for a large police presence and others proposing various theories about the incident. In the shadows of the night, Miami Vice. Puffing on that blue jean, about to take fight. Aliens in the city, blending with the crowd. They screaming blue beans, secrets whisper so loud. Oh, blue book governments, wicked scheme. Covering up the truth, hiding secrets so extreme. Giants in Brazil, watching from afar. This is not a banger. This is not a banger. And I know bangers. I know bangers. And it has been a strange year so far, right? Last year, they were talking about, you know, having all these different meetings about UAPs and UFOs and disclosure and having many witnesses. And we've delved deep into that sphere and the political sphere of making, you know, SpaceX or Space Force, sorry, not SpaceX, Space Force and all these uh, elements of where we're going to go to war with something in space. That seems to be the narrative that's been pushed for a while. Then we start off 2024 with these Miami mall aliens or some believe Nephilim, some kind of giants. And there was a lot, you know, some kind of truth with it, right? Like there was a blackout, there was a chopper in the sky, but was it a military copter or was it just a, a regular SWAT copter? Not not sure. There was police uh, presence of over 100 cop cars. Uh, supposedly, kids were fighting. There's a lot of fights, uh, videos of brawls, but it's tough because I'm not there. Someone could say that's Florida. I don't know if that is that area, but there's videos of brawls, allegedly kids throwing fireworks, people calling on the phone and saying, hey, there's an active shooter at the mall. That's why there was a large police presence. <coughs> now, I am one of those people that always reserves his thoughts for a little bit later. I like to see things unfold. And my initial thoughts are always like, what's the logical explanation? I think that's just how I'm wired. I want to figure out how to, is this, where's the lie? What's being misinterpreted? Because it's not just government lying to us. It's also us doing it to ourselves. What are people pushing? We saw the original video, which was a, a video of like hundreds of cop cars or looking a hundred or more cop cars in Miami no context and people were saying hey there was just some kids with sticks and some fireworks which is disingenuous claiming that like hey it's just a few kids with sticks and some fireworks so that is a small like how they explain it like that you're thinking like well what are the fireworks but what if their m80s half stick of dynamite or any kind of firework is going to make it sound like a gunshot then people are going to think it's an active shooter especially how we've been trained to believe everything is 
you know, an a- active shooter, but there, there, there's been more, right? There is strangeness that's coming out of it. I'm not saying that, oh, it's absolutely something that is just blown out of proportion because there's something that is being hidden. And I think we're noticing that like people don't want to talk about what's going on. Or is it led to believe that this incident is being completely covered up? But I've also saw reports of like not only people talking about portals, which is interesting because CERN was opening up a bunch of portals, allegedly, in the late 2023 fall, right? In fall and winter, between September and December, there was a lot of alleged portal activity that was going on in the CERN in, in Geneva, right? There's videos. Again, I don't know these videos. I can't verify this video because I don't know if that to be that location or not. I'm taking people's word for it. And of course, when something goes viral, I'm always looking like, why did it go viral? What made it go viral? And that you got to incorporate there is think tanks that are trying to figure people out. So when they see these things get catch wind and get in, in, you know, catch on fire and blaze through the internet, that is something I think they mark down on. And I'm not saying that they can't control some of this narrative and push it, but I just saw how it went crazy that possibly people were jumping to conclusions that they weren't sure of yet. And there was a lot of people that talked about it that I think they represented it pretty well because you can have your beliefs and your arguments of what this may be. Like they're not telling us anything. So of course people are going to speculate and you can only speculate off the little information you have. So you have to give credit to those people because they're trying to walk that line. They have their beliefs and they have some knowledge of what this possibly could be or what they've seen things to be in the past. You know, they're using those past experiences as a time now to like get all that information, the evidence together, and they, they could link it together, right? Things have been written in time, et cetera, et cetera. But that was my initial thought like, hey, this viral video is going crazy. It's kind of latching on to people. Kind of reminded me of like the whole Burning Man thing where they were like, hey, there's this disease out there. It's about to spread. It's not that I'm thinking that like every single video is like co-opted by some government agency. What I think it is, is that they've trained us to kind of make these viral moments because we're so stuck in this whole era of trying to get likes and subscribes. All of us, right? Like I'm telling you to leave a five-star review. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you to do all that. And, but as long as you're not compromising yourself, and I think that, but it leaves the door open for that. So because if people are trying to make money off of content or entertainment, that it leaves the door open for people to manipulate that because maybe they're not going where they want with it. So they're trying something different and maybe embellishing stories, which we've seen some of the stories fall apart. It's very interesting. It's it's something that I was keeping my eye on. And I think like it's fun to talk about. It's fun to interject and speculate what those might be. And then we got some more news. The jellyfish UFO video that surfaced up. Uh, one of the first accounts I saw it on was Jeremy Corbell on Twitter or X now. I'm sorry. I always messed that up. This footage was taken in 2018 
at a United States joint operation base in Iraq. As you can see in the video, I'm sure most of you have seen it. If not, um, I will post that up as well. Let you guys like see it, check it out. It, it's in uh, a thermal camera, I believe. And that's the only way they could spot it. It's this jellyfish chandelier looking uh, ship of some sort uh, or like craft or flying. Who knows, right? It could be one of those. Uh, uh, maybe it's a actual species I, that we don't know. But you can see it. It's flying. They're releasing it. I thought that was pretty interesting, right? I was like, okay, cool. They want to release some more stuff. This is on January 9th, right? So timeline, just to keep everybody focused, like January 1st, January 2nd, and also the ad of the Miami situation. I haven't looked into it too, too much, but there's people also saying that this is not the first time that they've run this story. They said exactly last year. They ran a story in that same area of a brawl. So people are like, is it being Mandela affected or whatever? I don't know that to be, but I just thought that was an interesting point to jump off of. But then we got what? We got TMZ and the New York Times and plenty of other huge uh, uh, news organizations on January 11th-ish and January 10th-ish talking about 10-foot tall strange beings seen on a Brazilian island. There's a giant on the beach! There's a giant on the beach! I just found that to be super super weird that as they're going through right this is just like what the first 11 days and of course we had all those CERN portals which may or may not have to do with any of this right if these are interdimensional beings then yeah you know that's something that's very possible but we don't know that to be true. That's what we feel. But then this is where I get a little suspicious. This is just how my brain works again. Then on January 12th, we have a Congress UAP briefing. So all this stuff is revealed to us and aliens and interdimensional and all these buzzwords are new buzzwords, right? To keep us into a super mindset of like, where are they going with this? Right? Well, how is it so convenient that... All these things are being disclosed right before the January 12th Congress UAP briefing. So on January 12th, 2024, Inspector General Monheim briefed House Oversight on UAP program after whistleblower Grushin claims subcommittee aims for transparency, introducing safe aerospace for American Act. And uh, they were talking a lot about the bipartisan bill of having the capability of pilots being able to report these strange incidences to the FAA, which is not something they are able to do at this moment. So that's part of what this whole thing's about, but it's been interesting to follow because there's stuff that kind of is insinuating. So you have all these things happening, right? And, and I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade. Like I get people are stoked. Like if you've, I've been believing in aliens or fallen angels or any of these stuff for a long time. And you, you feel you're being vindicated because you're seeing all this stuff, this disclosure, the veil falling and being revealed that you are right or that like maybe what you were thinking is on the right path or whatever. I'm not saying that that can't be the case. I just find it strange that in this 
two week, less than two week period right before they have this UAP hearing, this briefing where they're trying to like, you had big names in there like AOC. It just feels like something's coming. They're definitely hiding something. And you can hear it in some of these uh, clips. Like, watch, let me play some clips of after this UAP briefing where they caught up with some of the Congress people. Hey, Raven, can you find me those clips on the UAP briefing? Scanning the web for Congress UAP briefing clips. Uploading now. One member used the term that what they were exploring here were, her phrase, interdimensional beings. Is that something that we're dealing with here potentially? I mean, I think it's easy to be disappointed when you don't get all the information that you want, which I understand. I, I would have loved to receive much more information, but I think, I think that um, it's, it's reasonable to say that uh, everyone that was in the room uh, received probably new information. I, I certainly did, and I think it's an interesting um, you know, additional information to continue the investigation um, and ask more questions. So definitely have more questions than, than less questions. Does that, does that term mean anything to you? I'm not going to get into any, any terms. I just think that it's more important to focus on that there's, this is a serious topic and it deserves um, serious attention. And I actually encourage also members of the media to continue covering this topic. I think that's really important. Um, it, it is not a fringe topic. It is a serious national security topic. So this is what I'll say. I'm going to reiterate, we can't talk about specifics and what we got into, but what I can tell you is what Gresh shared with me in an unclassified setting that I firmly believe in. Um, I believe that he's telling the truth. I think that he is a credible witness. And what I can also say is one thing in particular that really caused me to be concerned about this whole thing is that Gresh had stated to myself, Representative Burchett and another member on the phone, that there were people that were hurt hiding this information and keeping this information safe and or trying to come forward with this information. What I can tell you is I believe that claim after now leaving. How much that's the, all I'll say on that. Do you think that was Representative Robert Garcia, Democrat from California, and Congresswoman Representative Anna Lunes, a Republican from Florida, and... Garcia was kind of asked about interdimensional beings. He kind of avoided the question. If you could see his body language, he completely turns around and kind of shifts and looks like maybe he's lying, exaggerating or playing a certain part, which may or not be the case. It looks like he's hiding something. It's hard to see his body language and not think he's hiding something. In my opinion, the way that I interpreted it. And then Congresswoman Luna from uh, Florida she really like backs up Gersh's uh, claims and that he's a credible witness. So they're really putting it out there that there is real information. They're not letting us know exactly what that is. I just found to see all this stuff happening again, you got aliens in Miami. You got giants in Brazil. You got CERN last year opening these portals. You got Congress briefings on UAPs, all these hearings that they had last year on this alien talk. You got Carl, Tucker Carlson out there always talking about UFOs. And Is it predictive programming? Not just movies that we've all seen, right? And what are we here in the conspiratorial world? What are we hearing right now? We're hearing blue beam. And that should just be it, right? That should be the end of the show.
No. It is not. We're taking shots, right? Let's keep it going because I think it's this term, blue bean. Project Blue Bean was written by Serge Manast. He was a Canadian investigator, a journalist, a poet, and a conspiracy theorist, obviously. Why wouldn't he be, right, with the book that he's writing? And in 1994, he published Project Blue Beam, in which he detailed his claims that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a New Age religion with Antichrist at its head and start a New World Order via technological simulated Second Coming of Christ. So he believed that with technology, they were going to use it to create a false digital messiah. Now, there was a lot of people saying that there's some eerie similarities of Project Bluebeam and Gene Ronsberry's unreleased 1975 Star Trek movie, The God Thing. And he also did a 1991 Star Trek The Next Generation episode, Devil's Do. People believe that, you know, there was a lot entailed of did he lift this from gene or do they both have the same access to this predictive programming that's out there uh to be in our brains because i mean think about it star wars to star trek uh then space force being this new military branch that we have now is it just a front they're fighting other things or it's for satellites and positioning with countries of what they tell us, or is there actually intergalactical or interdimensional beings, depending on how we perceive the place around us. But Serge Manas put this book out there. So let's get a little refresher. I'm going to use Raven's help. Raven, can you pull up the four stages of Project Bluebeam? Generating data now. Project Bluebeam. The first stage involves the use of technology to create earthquakes, UFO sightings, and other natural disasters in order to make people believe that a great cataclysmic event is coming. The second stage involves a fake alien invasion in which holographic images of spacecraft will be projected in the sky. This is intended to create a sense of panic and confusion among the population. The third stage involves the use of technology to create a fake religious event, such as the appearance of a messiah or prophet using holograms and other special effects. The fourth and final stage involves the implementation of a new world order in which the world's governments will be replaced by a single authoritarian regime. So the first stage is using technology to create like earthquakes and UFO sightings. So some of that is very true, right? And people are on point with that because maybe they are like building this whole narrative of aliens being fake and uh, not being real. I tend to stand in the middle. I think they let some of these fantastical ideas get out there, but some of it is true. Like there's basis of truth for all of these sightings, right? Like maybe it's not as crazy and detailed as some of the people insinuating because, you know, the human brain is a crazy thing and how we interpret things. But I think there is definitely more to it than just like, oh, well, uh, it was just a mist that was over uh, uh, a fire that was da 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 miles away. I think that's bogus in my opinion. The second stage involved what? A fake alien invasion in which holographic images of spacecraft will be projected in the sky. This intended to create a sense of panic and confusion. 
The third stage involved technology to create a fake religious event, such as the appearance of a messiah or prophet. And the fourth stage was to implement a new world order in which the world's government were replaced by a single authority regime. So the blue beam that people are talking about is correct in the fact that they will have these fake simulated, or as the theory goes from the book of Serge Manos, that these these fake reports of alien sightings or videos will see some more like crazy weather. I mean, we could talk about that with Harp. There's a lot of possibilities with it. But I think that the Project Bluebeam was also based off some other things, right? Like I think it covers up some of the stuff that really happened. And maybe it's kind of like mixed. I don't know. Like this is just my speculation because Bluebeam could be anything. Like this book was written in 94. When he got this information was probably way before 1994. So this plan obviously changed multitudes of time. But we are seeing some implications that this could be true because of this viral sensation of some of these stories, like the Vegas story last year. And now we got the Miami Mall story and these Brazilian giants. And they're kind of playing off what is popular the conspiratorial world right now. Well, UFOs have always been, uh, I would say, in the conspiratorial world, a very heavy scene. But what I mean by that is that Bluebeam is not just a fake alien invasion. That's just the one part of it. And it could be. But also, I think what was given in Bluebeam, could it be false information or exaggerated information? Or could they have changed it? Can the plan change? Now, to give some validity to uh, Serge Manost, I looked into some of his inspirations. And one of his big inspirations was a guy named William James Guy Carr. Well, William Carr was a naval officer, an author, and a conspiracy theorist, of course. Carr also worked for the Canadian Intelligence Service during World War II. And in 1931, he started giving conferences in different Canadian clubs on the topic of international conspiracy, which was subdivided into two main subjects, international communism and international capitalism, stating that both were being controlled by the Illuminati and what he called the international bankers. The last, according to Carr, are represented mainly by the Rothschilds and the Rockefeller families. And in 1944, he published Checkmate in the North, a book about an invasion by the Axis forces to take place in the area of the CFB Goose Bay. I am definitely going to check out that book. I haven't uh, got it yet, but I've been found a source that it looks like I can finally buy it. And I think that would be something interesting. And I thought it was good to sprinkle that in with Serge Manast because his inspiration was talking about something very interesting to me that he brought up international communism and international capitalism, both being controlled by Rothschilds and Rockefellers, international bankers. The two sides. And then when you've seen all these conflicts, all these conflicts have been against communist and capitalist countries or the view of what they're representing. Maybe they're not totally those things, but that's what they're supposed to represent. That's pretty interesting. That to me gives a lot more credibility to Serge Manas. So I think what he was writing is something that he was given, uh, found, figured out through people like William Carr, who were in the Canadian intelligence service, who did have ties to these 
international intelligent organizations because he's talking to different people. I think it plays a lot into that. So there is some credibility to what Serge Manas was saying, in my opinion. And people screaming blue beam, I think there is credibility to what they're saying, right? Now that we're going through these documents and the book of what he's saying, but it leads me to something else, something that I think is not touched on as much anymore. I don't hear a lot about it, which is Project Blue Book. They analyze like 12,000 cases. The Air Force would send people out there, an investigative crew, figure out what was going on, kind of logically explain it through modern science that, hey, you didn't see that. It was this. And now, you know what? Actually, Raven, can you pull up Project Blue Book? Retrieving clip. Give me a moment. Here's what I found. Project Blue Book was the code name for the systematic study of unidentified flying objects by the United States Air Force from March 1952 to its termination on December 17, 1969. The project, headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Ohio, was initially directed by Captain Edward J. Ruppelt and followed projects of a similar nature such as Project Sign established in 1947 and Project Grudge in 1948. Project Blue Book had two goals, namely to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security and to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. Thousands of UFO reports were collected, analyzed, and filled. As a result of the Condon Report, which concluded that the study of UFOs was unlikely to yield major scientific discoveries, and a review of the report by the National Academy of Sciences Project Blue Book was terminated in 1969. The Air Force supplies the following summary of its investigations. No UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force was ever an indication of threat to our national security. There was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technological developments or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge. And there was no evidence indicating that sightings categorized as unidentified were extraterrestrial vehicles. By the time Project Blue Book ended, they had collected 12,618 UFO reports and concluded that most of them were misidentifications of natural phenomenons, clouds, stars, etc., or controversial aircraft, according to the National Reconnaissance Office. A number of the reports could be explained by flight of the formerly secret reconnaissance plane U-2 and A-12. So, of course, they've left it open, though. You see, even in that, they said that they concluded that most of them were either misidentifications of some natural phenomenon or a secret plane that was being rolled out later. But there wasn't all of them. And there's also this TV show that I suggest you guys watch. I'm like halfway through season one right now. It's Project Blue Book. I didn't even realize this was a show and it's on History Channel, but I think you can see it for free on this freebie app that I have. That's why I'm watching. I'm watching free. Obviously there's some commercials and stuff, but hey, free is free. And going through this, I'm. it's pretty interesting. I want to play you the trailer because it kind of has a little bit of some stuff I thought was good for the show to kind of like hone in on.
those trees! Come on! This way! The whole forest smelled like death. Lord Almighty. And then saw that thing. As God is my witness, it was not of this world. We have a situation in West Virginia. Family reported seeing something falling from the sky. I'll get down there right away. I need you to meet someone first. Name's Dr. Alan Hynek. You want me to investigate flying saucers? I want you to help me prove to the public the truth. They don't exist. See, like, I like what he said. He goes, hey, you want me to investigate flying saucers? And then the guy from Air Force, the head, like, one of the head guys in the shows that you'll see or representing the Air Force brass is like, no, no, I want you to tell them the truth that we already know that these don't exist. And it's a dramatization, but I think they represent very well a lot of what I believe to be true. Like I believe it to be real, how they uh, present it. They put it in dramatization so that we can go, oh, well, some of that's fake, right? But they insinuate a lot into it that there's more that the government is not releasing. Even in the show, they they address Operation Paperclip. They talk about the Flatwood Monsters and Roswell and Hopkinsville. And even they refer to the men in black that are constantly chasing people and really killing people. And they don't say it's them but they insinuate that like hey these people are silencing people and ruining their lives and they don't quite tell you like again i'm not that far in the series but you we all know just like what we research and stuff i thought it was pretty interesting that this 2018 show that i didn't see a lot of hoopla about like maybe i'm just not in the right frame or like i'm not paying attention but something that I truly missed in that time. And it's just interesting that they're disclosing a lot of this information, either a, they are just trying to like, you know, predictive program us into a blue beam scenario, or there is a lot of this information that's real. And I tend to believe that a lot of this information is real because how, how could it be that they have all this stuff like, you know, like the Flatwoods Monster, for instance, is one of the, the episodes. And in that episode, they're talking about, you know, hey, we got to resolve it. They're, they're, the, the, the people are getting crazy and they're even being told like, hey, you need to come back to the base. Like, who cares about what people think because they're getting too involved and and. Things are going crazy because if you don't know, uh, the Flatwood, uh, the Flatwoods monster was this phantom of Flatwood in West Virginian folklore. And it's a creature reported to have been sighted in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia on September 12, 1952. After a bright light crossed the night sky over 50 years later, investigators suggested the light was a meteor and the creature was a barn owl, right? And they come to this conclusion in this episode as well. And they kind of reveal it. The interesting part is that the professor that figures out, oh, like, because he's looking at the, the description of the creature and he thinks of an owl. But then you can see him 
when they're explaining the owl and the meteor situation to the public and the press, you could see him looking and analyzing more. And then there's people following him in the series that are seeing that he's catching on to what's going on. We're not catching on, but at least he's starting to figure some stuff out and asking questions that they're not too happy about. I mean, they even speak of skinwalkers and stuff, right? This isn't crazy, right? This is on the History Channel. Even if it's dramatized, right? There's still a lot of truth in that information. And 12,618 sightings, and you're telling me that all of those were bogus, all of those were a natural phenomenon, all of those were uh, military exercises? No, I think there's way more than that. That's only the 12,000 in that time period. There's way more now. I think there is exaggerated scenes on the internet where people are saying, hey, I saw this. There's people making fake images but there's also a lot of real accounts, and I think it's important to distinguish the two. And when we're talking about Bluebeam, I think that's why it kind of gets us into this realm, and that's why I wanted to bring up Blue Book, because there is this operation where maybe they want us to either believe that aliens are fake, and when they say or are not fake or demonstrate some kind of war between Something that could unite us. Like Reagan was like, ah, man, if there was like an aliens here, man, that would unite the world instantly. So like a lot of people went off of those thoughts, especially so this book was in 1994. That was after Reagan. There was probably a lot of conspiratorial people in those circles at the time talking about, hey, look what they're trying to do. They're going to take over with a fake alien invasion, which they do talk about in Bluebeam. But that's not all the four pillars. But after part of the four pillars is then making into a fake messiah and things of that nature. But I think that's down the line. It's hard to tell what the timetable of all that is because they roll things out slowly. I mean, look at what we saw with uh, uh, all these other operations. They take time, MK Ultra. Like, they're still changing stuff up on that. I do think people should check out this series, Project Blue Book, which is on the History Channel. Like, again, you can see for free on Freevee or whatever that is. Check it out because I think it's pretty interesting. Uh, it's very telling. I know it's supposed to be like a drama so they can sweep it under the rug that, oh no, we're just saying some stuff. We're not really revealing anything. It's just for entertainment value. But I think in that note, they are really giving you a lot of truth. And uh, one of the main things at the end on is, uh, I haven't finished the episode yet, but I know about Exercise Main Brace. One of the largest ever documented experiences. I'm largest as far as people. A lot of people were involved, like 80,000 soldiers or more. So, Raven, can you pull up that clip on exercise main brace? Here's what I found. Project main brace, also known as exercise main brace. In late September 1952, only months after a rash of flying saucer sightings over Washington, DC made headlines around the world. Dozens of military officers participating in NATO exercises in the North Atlantic were struck by their own UFO fever. Exercise Mainbrace was the largest peacetime military exercise since World War II. The war game style maneuvers simulated NATO's response to a mock attack on Europe, presumably by the Soviet Union. The main brace operation involved 200 ships, 1,000 planes, and 80,000 soldiers from multiple NATO countries, including large deployments from the United States and the United Kingdom. The first main brace encounter came on September 13th, when the captain and crew of a Danish destroyer spotted a triangular-shaped object moving through the night sky at alarming speeds. 
the unidentified craft emitted a blue glow and was estimated by Lieutenant Commander Schmidt Jensen to be traveling upward of 900 miles per hour. On September 20th, an American newspaper reporter named Wallace Litwin was aboard the USS Franklin D. Roosevelt, an aircraft carrier participating in the main brace exercises, when he saw a commotion on deck, several pilots and flight crew members pointing at a silver sphere in the sky that appeared to be following the fleet. Litwin quickly shot four color photos of the round object, which he assumed was a weather balloon. In a letter to a UFO investigator years later, Litwin recounts that he went below deck and joked with fellow newspaper correspondents that he had just shot a flying saucer. This caught the attention of the ship's executive officer, who informed Litwin that no weather balloons had been released that day. The officer then radioed the Midway, the only other ship in the vicinity, which also confirmed that no weather balloons were in the air or unaccounted for. In other words, the skies above this NATO fleet were very carefully observed and nothing flew around overhead unobserved, wrote Litwin. But I knew that I had taken a picture of what looked like a ping pong ball 10 feet over my head. Ruppelt and the Project Blue Book team followed up with the Navy and interviewed members of the flight deck crew. Some dismissed it as a weather balloon while others had their doubts. It was traveling too fast and although it resembled a balloon in some ways, it was far from being identical to the hundreds of balloons that the crew had seen the urologist launch. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's this endless cycle. They saw something. There's all these people that saw something. They thought it was a weather balloon. kind of like those weather balloon sighting that we saw not too long ago with, uh, you know, last year with the whole Chinese. And I think that was like at the beginning of the year, right? Isn't that how we started the year off? And if you've noticed, this is something that just I observed a little bit off topic. But since 2020, it seems like everything has been accelerated, like as far as like every year, right away, major events happen. And that might be something that's always happening. And I'm barely noticing it. But it is something I've been picking up on uh, for a while now. But Back to this exercise main brace. That's 80,000 soldiers that are there that witnessed this. And knowing that there was no weather balloons in route, they saw something. And they've never explained further what it possibly could be. So the whole Project Blue Book intention was to cover up with fake science, right? Like, hey, we can't explain this, so let's make up something that can explain this logically to people and move on. And they found different ways of like, hey, smoke in the sunlight created this like illusion that you saw some crazy thing or et cetera, et cetera. And they just convincingly try to show that people together thinking this they they're they call it like group hysteria and you know people falling into these victimized things which we can see you know we saw a lot of that happen with all the covid bull crap where people were just falling into those traps of hearing what they hear on tv and some of that is what i think what's going on so it's like we got to have this fine line i think there is a lot of stuff that the government is not telling us about UFOs and aliens and interdimensional beings. Cause I think that we kind of have this intuition and foresight to feel and see it. Like we know remote 
uh, uh, viewing is real. They admitted it. That they use it. the The United States government uses it. There's been documentation of this. So maybe they are just revealing it. Maybe we are just in the age of truth that some people believe, and that's why a lot of this stuff is coming out now, or something's coming, or they're planning something. The it could be this blue bean trick. I think it's all on the table, but it's good to analyze and go over all this information that we have in front of us and we've had in front of us for a long time. Is Miami aliens real? I don't know. But I think we should always be weary of any subject that gets so much push on these algorithms. And everybody was talking about it, at least in our conspiratorial world. And I think that's what happens is there's these pockets of where stories are pushed and only certain eyes are seeing them. And when you're speaking to other people about them, they don't have the same algorithm we do. So they don't have that information. And it may look and sound like we're insane or we don't know what we're talking about. So when we go back to the basics and talk about Serge Manost and Project Bluebeam, which is an actual book from 1994, when we go and analyze the do documentations, which we will have up on killthemockingbirds.com, disinformation section the papers of Project Blue Book, which people can go over and analyze. And I suggest you go watch the History Channel series on Project Blue Book. I think they do a good job of not just dramatizing and making it seem like crazy stuff was happening with the government. Like they don't just go, oh, you know, it was all just uh, science figured it all out. They insinuate that science is lying and that they already know stuff that they don't want to tell the public, but they need to find good excuses and cover-ups to make people think like, oh, it couldn't have been that. It had to be this, especially on these large scales when a lot of people witnessed it. They have to come up with something that can be used in their mind as actually existing. But I think that does it for me today. Hope you all enjoyed another episode of Kill the Mockingbirds. Don't forget to go to killthemockingbirds.com or Instagram. Kill the Mockingbirds podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us a message if you want to submit a subject which you would like to hear about on the show. Go to killthemockingbirds.com. Hit that contact section at the bottom of the page and uh, send it to me and uh, I'll see what we can do. I got actually submitted a, a story and a conspiracy that I would like to follow and I follow down and I'm actually going to do that next week's episode. I'm going to keep that hush hush right now, but next week is what I'm going to be dropping. Stay in tune for that. Thank you, Raven, for being joining us again and uh, keeping those butt cheeks tight. Keep those butt cheeks tight, bird killers. And I'm going to end out on one of my songs, Sean Chris featuring King Mega, Own Nothing, Be Happy. You know how we do it here. Wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Bird killers! Jacket, Gomer Powell gun to head, brains blast, another dead bastard in a close.
was the case They gave me Stephen Avery APB with the 18 You pity the fool, no wonder why you hate me Microchips implanted a wrist A quick flick and assist Public transportation, Uber or Lyft QR code denied Jedi mind tricks Artistic violence by design You own nothing, nothing. be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide You own nothing and be happy Mass surveillance, nowhere to hide you be happy, massive is the way to hide. You own nothing and be happy, massive is the way to hide. Look in the mirror what the man say. Silence, not a damn thing, another campaign. Hopes and dreams pop up, bottle of champagne. Coke train slang, pretty women, cocaine. John Wayne, six shooter, Ukraine. Fireball shots, Luke Kane. Wars forever like Wu Tang. Lurch, you rang. George W. Bush, rule change, twin towers fall, who hangs, Hussein, roll switch, softball, slow pitch, poor bitch, apartment full of roaches, who's the father, paternity test, lava, Mori Povich, fear and loathing, roller coasting, locomotion, it's so atrocious, building six exploding, addiction notice and debt, AK-47, respect, you own nothing, nothing, be happy, mass surveillance, nowhere to hide, you own nothing, and be happy, mass surveillance, nowhere to hide, Manipulate the human population with propaganda It's time for the working class to unite Get strapped up and locked and loaded We ain't giving a fuck About body trumping under these bitch ass motherfuckers It's the state against the people Not me versus you Locked and loaded Bye.